is always so good to be in the house of the Lord. Today, 101 degrees. Right now, at past 7 o'clock tonight, my audio technician wants me to sacrifice for the audio's sake. He believes there's going to be too much noise, too much um, ash sounds. And you can hear me better too. And I can hear myself better. We have a good air condition, a powerful air condition, but it's uh, rather noisy. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service. Family members, my beloved, I felt led of the Lord to share this service with you today because things as they are, with things as they are, I thought that you would be uh, in need of this uh, service. It's a very relaxed service, but a very powerful service. Pardon me, that covers a lot of ground. You might need to um, refresh it or something. My beloved, as you know, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 560 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day with it uh, rather in chronological order this unique viewpoint this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history the present and the future today beloved we're reading Psalm 127 Psalm 127 Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, we pray. Lord, at this time, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your 
love, your mercy, and your grace. I pray and I thank you for your Holy Son in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And we praise you and we thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved by your grace, please forgive us, Lord, of our sins, our faults, and our failures, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Holy Father God, uh, Lord, we pray also, Lord, for the salvation of those who are not saved, those who are hypocrites, uh, who live one way in private and in family life, and another way in public and in church life. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of people who are religious but lost. I include, Lord, in this prayer, my own wife, Marika White. I pray for her genuine salvation after 34 years of marriage. Uh, Lord, uh, as you know, after 34 years of marriage, uh, nobody is playing. And, and after 34 years of trying to encourage her to truly get saved so that her Christian life would be easier for her and more enjoyable and better for her children. And uh, her children need to know uh, why she acted the way she acted in not loving and caring for them. And now she faces the bitter, painful, empty nest period full of regret and it didn't have to be that way if she had you in her life she would have been able to love her children care for her children respect and obey her husband creating a better atmosphere in the family for the children and that is just the reality whereas Lord by your grace and with your great blessings Lord I face the empty nest period with great joy and with a great sense of accomplishment uh, having by your grace raised them up uh, virtually by myself and I thank you Lord that they have done well I give you all of the glory praise and honor and Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed that you would indeed 
Lord, continue to bless them, lead them, guide them, and direct them. And oh, what a magnificent journey of faith you put us on. Lord, thank you so much for using my seven children, some who are still with me tonight, to reach the world with the gospel, with the whole counsel of God, uh, the preaching and teaching of the world. We all went to college together and uh, helped each other out, prayed every morning together, read your holy word together, created all kinds of publications together, helped other people to promote their publications as well, And we thank you, Lord, for all of the people who helped us and stood with us through those years. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And so, Holy Father God, save the soul of my wife, Marika White, and all other people because of their pride, not willing to acknowledge that they are sinners and not saints and need to pray and receive you as Savior in a very real sense, knowing what they're doing and not going by something they did as a child. We also pray, Lord, for uh, people who are saved, that you will help revive them. or cause them to be revived again. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, on this Friday night, down through the years of over 34 years of married life, this is where it all begins on Friday for some reason, through Saturday and even through Sunday. My wife would allow the devil, or she just didn't even have any control, to use her to try to hinder the gospel from going forward, to try to hinder the ministry. And I thank you, Lord, for years of keeping this behind the scenes and hope that she would get saved and change. Now that the children are moving away, uh, all of them, are moving out uh, one by one. Uh, And I thank you, Lord, that they're all doing well. And I give you all of the glory. And uh, so now, facing emptiness, you've given me the liberty to pray for her salvation. It would uh, be very nice if she would go ahead and do that now. Uh, And uh, for her own good going forward. And Holy Father God, we pray that as I've prayed for 34 years, cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas 
Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of Marika White's life and out of the lives of others who have that problem of allowing themselves to be controlled by the devil, used by the devil to try to hinder your work. And Lord, I'm well aware that our sweet evangelical Christians, charismatic Christians and Baptist Christians of the day, even though they experience the same thing, they don't want to hear that mentioned in public because that's not the way they want it to be. However, it is, and we see it in the funny papers every day. And so, Holy Father God, rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, and his demons and his hosts from this time together and, Lord, throughout the remainder of this night in our afterglow period, and Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, for uh, tomorrow and throughout the weekend as well. My prayer is for those who are lost but religious to be saved. Those who are saved to be revived and for all of us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and prayerful. For you made it clear to us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and how that we need to watch and pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. Continue instant in prayer. You gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ask and ye shall receive, seeking ye shall find, knocking it shall be open unto you. And so, Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Word. your Holy Gospel, and the whole counsel of God. Even in this devotional service, speak to our hearts. Save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving. Lord, I believe that you can do anything, for you have done everything. And Lord, I pray that you would have all glory to go to yourself, lift up your Holy Son, for Lord, we're not even worthy to give you glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake, amen. Psalm 127. A Song of Degrees for Solomon. And oh how fitting this passage is. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Thank you, Lord, for rewarding me so well. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Oh, how fitting and timely this is. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Indeed, a happy man. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for this passage that I have read many times down through the years. Now, Lord, you know I did not deserve all of the children that you blessed me with. But Holy Father God, I thank you for doing so. Thank you for your mercy and your grace for doing so. And Lord, thank you for having me to be saved before they came along for the most part. So right out of the chute, so to speak, Lord, I was able to lead them in the way of your holy word. They're all grown now. They can make up their minds as to what they want to do. But I believe your holy word. And I have faith in you. That they're going to be alright. And I give you the glory. The praise and the honor. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray. I thank you, Lord, for blessing me to reach my goal, to raise them up in a better family than I was raised up in. And now it is my prayer that they, when they start their family, they would have a better family than the one they were raised up in. And thank you, Lord, for using me to change the trajectory of our family line by your might and your power and for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, 
and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead service family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. Treasury of David. This is episode number 148. Psalm 16.9 Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Spurgeon continues, and... Uh, by saying he clearly foresaw that he must die for he speaks of his flesh resting and of his soul in the abode of separate spirits death was full before his face or he would not have mentioned corruption but such was his devout reliance upon his God that he sang over the tomb and rejoiced in vision of the open uh, of the sepulchre. He knew that the visit of his soul to Sheol or the invisible world of disembodied spirits would be a very short one, and that his body in a very brief space would leave the grave uninjured by its sojourn there. All this made him say, My heart is glad, and moved his tongue, the glory of his frame, to rejoice in God, the strength of his salvation. Oh, for such holy faith, in the prospect of trial and of death. It is the work of faith not merely to create a peace which passeth all understanding, but to feel the heart full of gladness until the tongue which, as the organ of an intelligent creature, is our glory bursts forth in notes of harmonious praise. Faith gives us living joy and bestows dying rest. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Glory be to God. Shall we pray? 
Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your holy word. Have it to find a lodging place in our hearts. Help us to meditate on it, to understand it, and to comprehend it, and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. And for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend, will, when you die, will your soul rest in hope? In other words, will you be a child of God when you die? In other words, will you be one of the saved ones? For we all will perish in that awful place called hell if we don't become one of the saved ones in the truest sense of the word. Saved from the eternal burning hell, the lake of fire. Even perishing in this life because of your sins that do nothing but harm you. Your sins offend God, but they harm you. The reason why God does not want you to sin and he wants you to obey his commandments is because uh, it is for your good. Sin hurts people. And then hurt people hurt other people. And that's why we have so many people shooting up others, abusing others, beating up others. Mass shootings. Because they're hurt and they've been hurt by their sin and they've been hurt by the sin that people uh, did against them. Sin is a terrible thing. And that's why God wants you to obey his good commandments. So first of all, dear friend, you need to understand and accept the fact that you are a sinner. And that you have broken God's law. You have broken God's law by disobeying him, by lying, by stealing, by robbing, by killing other people, by committing adultery with people you're not married to, and fornication, committing homosexuality, lusting after other people and things, disobeying your parents, dishonoring your parents at any age, dishonoring God by disobeying God and using his name in vain. The Bible says we're all, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know that he's God. You know, therefore, that he knows everything. Nobody went around the world ever to ask whether or not you are a sinner. Pew has not done it. Bonner has not done it. 
life where he has not done it, it can't be done. <laughs> cannot be done. Billions of souls, billions of people, it can't be done. Nobody's going to do that. They will find out if they did that God uh, told the truth, for he cannot lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. We all have sinned against God. We have broken his Ten Commandments. We have failed God. <clears throat> the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, We need to accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin. Always. You know that. It's in your conscience. When you do wrong, you know you ought to be punished. You don't want to be punished, but you know you ought to be. Isn't it amazing how that uh, children who do something wrong and they, they go ahead and accept their whipping, for, mo for the most part. Oh, some will kick and buck and cry and boo-hoo and pitch a fit. But for the most part, uh, because it's painful, uh, they go ahead on and take their chastisement, their pain, their punishment. Have you noticed that in most cases, if a person knows that they have done wrong, they go and they get arrested. They go on with the police and go on and do what they have to do. Have you noticed that? Uh, because we, in our conscience, we know that we're wrong. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Death is a frightening thing, but do you know, have you noticed how that many people, they, they just go ahead on and die? Some kicking buck. There's a woman dying in England right now. Uh, many people love her and respect her by how she's facing her death. She, she's told the truth about it. But when you're faced with death as she is, when the doctors tell you to your face you have three months, and you can feel it in your body that you have three months, how they resign themselves to it and they go head on out, for the most part. Why? Because in our conscience, in our minds, we know we deserve to die. Oh, some of us act like we are perfect and wonderful, but we're not. They are the woefully deceived. <clears throat> and we die because of our sin. Make no mistake about it. We die because of our sin. All of the evil things we have done. In word, thought, and deed.
We sin because we have a sinful nature. We die because of our sinful nature. We die because of our sins that we choose to do. It doesn't matter how many sins. That may matter as far as your level of pain in hell. But you're going to die because of your sins. In other words, you're not dying because of cancer. You're not dying because of leukemia. You're not dying because of a car crash. You're dying because of your sin. And if God will allow you to die because of your sins, He will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in the Lord as your Savior. That leads me to my third point. Accept the fact, dear friend, that you're on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, <clears throat> And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. This is how serious God is about hell. This is how serious Jesus Christ is about hell. This is where you're going. He preached more on hell than all the prophets. He preached more on hell than all the apostles. And sadly, he preached more on hell than most preachers living today, combined. And if thy hand, he said, offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed. In other words, if your hand causes you to sin, then having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life having two feet, to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And then Jesus said, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. These are the very words of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is not known for playing. Do you hear me? He did not play. I don't know. I doubt if he even played as a child. I don't know. I don't know. But he, when he became a man and went full-time in the ministry, there are no accounts of him playing. In other words, he's not saying to you, you're going to hell if you don't believe in me. And, uh, and then when you get up to heaven, he'll say, well, I told you that because I was trying to scare you to believe in me. God does not do that. He does not do that. And he's the son of God. <clears throat> you need to understand, in no uncertain terms, and in no uncertain way, that if you live a life of sin and you never believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior in a sincere way 
and repent of your sins, my friend, red, yellow, black, and white. You are precious in God's sight, but you will go to that burning hell. Now, that's a fact, okay? So, uh, you're not going to heaven if you do not truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. Now, hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most magnificent, most wonderful words in the history of the world to mankind. When he gave this good news, for he preached the gospel first and best, for he said one night to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul and he will. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to the kingdom of God in heaven. This is what Jesus Christ told you. To be with God Almighty. To be with Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. To be with the angels and to be with the people of God. So, dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Pray and ask him to save your soul. Call on his name, and I'll be glad to lead you in what is called the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Follow me in prayer. It's a simple prayer. It won't take you long, but it'll change your life forever as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you believe that he died and paid for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. He'll save your soul. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. Lord, there's something in me that does not want to admit it, but it is true.
I've done evil in your sight repeatedly. You know it, and I know it. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. My failures and my faults. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, even mine, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. I believe in you and I receive you. Please save my soul from the hell that I deserve. Please save my soul to the heaven that I don't deserve. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my sins and turn from all of my wicked ways and follow you in the new, li new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled what to do after you enter through the door it's based upon what Jesus Christ said in John 10 9 I am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture and dear friend if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as many have down through the years through this ministry and others Wherever you are in the world, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send to you immediately to help you to grow in the faith so that you will become the disciplined disciple that God wants you to be. 
Also, if you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well. And we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now at this time, beloved, we're going to resume our standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service. By going to the family segment. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 32. We're not going to do all of that tonight. We'll just do a review of the last two nights. These are the words dealing with the husband. The commandments of the Lord for the husband, yes, in the New Testament. Because God does not deal in um, suggestions and little keys, little tools, and you know, like our sweet evangelical preachers and teachers have taught us down through the years, charismatic Baptist preachers and teachers, and I love them all. These are my people, and I'm not going anywhere. I cut my teeth on these people. If you will. So I love them all. And I believe most of them meant well. But even the best of us can mess up when we veer away from the Word of God. Whole denominations are messed up. The charismatic movement is messed up. Evangelicalism is messed up. The Southern Baptist Convention is messed up. The National Baptist Convention is messed up. The Independent Baptist Movement is messed up. I had to rebuke an Independent Baptist preacher today, publicly, just not being wise. from the pulpit talking about and it not only excuse me from the pulpit not only should it be it should not be said from the pulpit it should not even enter into your mind he said uh, that every homosexual should be shot in the back of the head now I don't believe the Lord told you to say that that should not even enter into your mind. There's so many thousands of things you can say. Uh, and I've said them uh, against the abomination of homosexuality. I'm not uh, against the people. I'm against what they do. But I'm more against the church for allowing it to happen. Because we in the church set on our do-nothing and uh, uh, did not obey the great commandment and love all people and reach them with the gospel and we didn't obey the Great Commission. So that's why we're in the mess we're in. If we had just obeyed those two commandments from the Lord, we would not be in this mess where the homosexuals are running rampant and roughshod over society today and the church is powerless. The church is powerless. There's no voice, no serious voice from the church. 
just a few. I have been raising my voice as God has led me for the past over 12 years preaching the gospel for nearly seven years straight every day. I'm preaching the word against it. So I understand how that you can be against it. I do not understand how that you can think that you can take vengeance for God against anybody. When he said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. You just do what I told you to do. You, t- you just preach the gospel and you preach the whole counsel of God. You can preach on this as a sin, uh, as an abomination against me. But you don't need to be raising no, 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 no vengeance for me. You don't need to be talking about blowing somebody's head off. We don't need that. You're not helping anybody. And I'll get ready to ask me, are you being paid by the government? Because that's, that's what they, they, they want you to say. You understand that? Huh? They want you to say that. They want you to do stupid stuff like that, man. And mess it up for everybody. Don't count me in. I, I, I haven't even thought anything like that. that. That's never been in my mind. And I don't believe the Lord put it in your mind. I really don't. I know that. I know that. <laughs> I have no doubt. Because <laughs> you never put that in my mind. I've never even thought about anything so stupid as that. Mm-mm. Ephesians 5, 25 through 32. Let's hit it and get it. Husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you know that you can, you can save your marriage even with a lost wife by just doing what God told you to do? And if it's God's love, watch this, it's pretty easy. It's easy. It's easy like Sunday morning. Didn't, didn't Lionel Richard t- teach all that? It's easy like Sunday morning. I love it when people come up with things like that. It's amazing to me. Yeah, it's not hard loving your wife. It's because we're not talking about this foolishness that you are talking about and some of you evangelicals have created and we got these men out here shopping for roses and petals and they don't even know what a rose petal is and, and, and uh, <laughs> taking your wife out every week and you got them jumping and hopping and doing everything for their... Wives and the wives not doing what they're supposed to do. But even if they don't, with God's kind of love, the agape love, which God is talking about here. That's the kind of love he's talking about, by the way. He's not talking about Romeo and Juliet love. This love that you all, y'all all caught up with each other. Y'all forget about the Lord. That's, that's easy like Sunday morning. It's not, it's, not, it's not a problem. It's not an issue. Once you have his love, but you can't fake it. See, his love never runs out, so it doesn't matter what she does, saved or lost or whatever. And if it's real love, real love is going to rebuke her when she's wrong. See, so there's no need for you to have a conniption fit. There's no need for you to have a heart attack over your wife being disobedient and rebellious and stubborn. Because it is the agape love that never runs out of patience. 
I have been, I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what I know. I have been married to a wife like that, a woman like that, for over 34 years. I've never thought about getting a divorce. I mean, you know, I have been tempted to be with someone else, but I've never thought about getting a divorce. And, 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 and the only reason why is because of God, God's love. I'm more concerned about how he feels about it than how she feels about it. And I didn't stay with her because of her. I stayed with her because of him. God Almighty. I, he taught me how to fear him. How did he teach me how to fear him? By whipping my behind. Like I told you, God does not play. He does not play. I, I, I know, I mean, just look around you in the crowd that you're with listening to me right now. There are people nodding their head. Because they haven't gotten whipping from the Lord. They got a whipping from the Lord. I hope you, like me, you only got pretty much one or two. I hope you're not always going to the woodshed every month. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So are men to love their wives as their own bodies. Do you love yourself? I love myself. Well, love your wife the same way. That loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. I mean, God does not lie. He does not play. So that's, tr that's the truth if you're a normal man. You don't hate yourself, hopefully, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And this is where uh, many people reach the empty nest. Now let me tell you something about the empty nest real quick. So, now, when your, her, your, your son or daughter leaves home, you're going you're gonna to see real quickly whether or not you did your best and you was a good husband, you was a good, I mean, good father and a good mother. The more torn down, torn down you are, the more depressed you are, you probably was not a good parent. You didn't leave it on the field. Because there's something about leaving it all on the field. You, you, uh, you are exhausted. You've done your job. But you did it as a sacrifice unto the Lord and for your children. And you're glad you did it. You might be exhausted. But you are happy and you're cheerful and you're joyful. And you're not like Bill Cosby to be happy to see them go. But it is a natural thing that is supposed to happen. And so it is a good thing. This is what God wants. And if you have done your job, you have raised them up to serve the Lord. If they veer to the left or to the right, God will be there. You just keep on praying for them. 
and you go on with your life serving God. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, dear friends, let's pray for all families, families that are saved and families that are not. Let's pray for all people. And then uh, let's call it a day. Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of all families that don't know you as Savior. We pray for the revival and healing of all families that do help all families understand that there are a set of commandments found in your Holy Word at Ephesians 5 and 6, that if they would simply obey them, they would have a godly and peaceful and blessed home, but not a perfect home. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation, spiritual, Uh, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning around the world, in this country, in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. And Lord, we pray for millions of people who are hurting from the various plagues and punishments and chastisements. But Lord, we also pray for some folks by name who have suffered from the coronavirus plague. As we have prayed for them every day by name for nearly 700 services. With the help of my daughter, Daniqua Grace White who has done such a magnificent job of serving you in this ministry. We give you the glory, praise, and honor for that, as well as all of my children, and we pray that you will bless them. But she was the one who gathered these names from all over the world. And we prayed for all of them by name, for the family, and friends of Albanian resident Tuana Mulali. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Yvette Flores. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Maria de Socorro Flores. We pray for the family and friends of Arkansas resident Barbara Ann Sprouse Teague. We pray for the family and friends of Sheffield UK resident Janet Flood. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Uh, let your will be done in their lives and in our lives as well. As we now pray, Lord, for all of the prayer requests and the people that have come through in the thousands for prayer requests and who have sent in prayer requests. Hear and answer their prayers, and Lord, hear and answer our prayers for them. And Lord, we pray for all of them, salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. 
We pray, Lord, for some by name, Pastor Bushibi, and we, uh, he's one of the few who sends in praises as well as prayer requests now. And uh, we thank you for answering so many of his prayers and our prayers for them down through the years. He appreciates this prayer combination, and we do too. We pray for Pastor Bushibi, and we thank you for the souls saved and the people healed and delivered at their church meetings. Please guide Robert on whether to partner with the Rotary Club, Bungoma, Kenya. Please bless Melanie's doctor's appointment and heal Timothy completely. Uh, please bless them with a water well, enable them to register church properties with the government, deliver them from economic hardships. Please bless them with peaceful elections. Bless them with church construction and financial resources for open-air gospel crusades. Bless them as they fast and pray. And we pray, Lord, for Maris, for Jason, Michelle, and their families to get saved, restore their relationships with Tekla and Amaris, and help them to follow your direction. We pray for Ravi. Please bless him with Urdu Bibles and children's Bibles, sewing machines and tables for the widows, food for the orphans and disabled children, and food packages for the poor and needy families in Pakistan. Bless their prayer meetings and gospel outreaches. And now, Lord, we pray for all of the people who have gotten saved through the ministry here. Lord, uh, help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray, Lord, for Sasim Paija Dennis. And Lord, we pray for Isaiah, Ibrahim, Chuzila, Hines, and thousands of others. And we pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. Ola Oluwa, Bell, Alberta, Christo, Emmanuel and uh, thousands of others. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in our lives and in their lives. Or in their lives and in our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, let's all stand for our closing prayer. As we listen to that beautiful song, I'll Fly Away. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us all to continue to serve you for those of us who are saved until we fly away. Save those who are lost so that they can fly away. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Amen.